Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, everybody, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. We're really happy to have you with us here today. And uh, my co-host from Nikiski is John Quick. He's also with us. And John, how's everything going on your end? I know you're, you're working on all the technical stuff as we speak. I can see you doing that. Yeah, things are going well. Thanks so much, Suzanne. Uh, I'm in uh, Girdwood this week. I was in Girdwood this weekend, still here and uh, having a blast here with the family living the dream, swimming in a saltwater pool, uh, you know, can't go wrong here. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, Girdwood is a great place to kind of check out for the weekend and, uh, we do it often. So we're, we're just having a blast. Well, that's good. It gives you, your kids a chance to swim in the pool and to do some fun stuff. You're going to go up to the Oasis today, or are you going to just head home? We are headed home. We, uh, we did the tram yesterday, which was a lot of fun. My uh, my kids uh, thought it was the coolest thing in the world. It might as well be in Disneyland. So uh, oh, yeah. we've had a good weekend and we're headed home um, in the next couple hours, probably. Very good. Well, listen, everybody, today is uh, April 4th and like the newsletter is out for the day. If you d don't get it in your inbox, in your email, then check it out on Facebook. We also posted it there this morning. And I also did a special thing. I posted it on the website today. I decided, you know what, I'd take out all sort of the 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 little posters and visual arts in there and just put it in kind of plain, it's plain text in there on the website. So if you don't get the newsletter, you can take a look at it today. We would love to have you sign up for the newsletter up on the right-hand side of mustreadalaska.com. It goes out three times a week. It's a lot of work to put out and it's got, uh, I think we're, we're setting it now to 10,400 readers and uh, appreciate every single one of you for, for being a reader. Big show today, today, John. Um, we're going to get. To, uh, we're not going to get away with, without talking about uh, Sarah Palin, so we'll have to buckle up for that one. But um, uh, I, first of all, I want to thank Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring our show. We really appreciate the support. Charlie Pierce for Governor is our first sponsor that we've ever had for our show, and I know that we've got some really good stats for the Must Read Alaska show. Do you want to just kind of fill me in on those for a sec before we go on talk about uh, the big news over the weekend? Yep. So uh, this last month we had just over. Uh, 21,000 downloads, which is very exciting. It makes us probably the biggest podcast in Alaska. And uh, we uh, want to thank folks for tuning in and listening. And without, without <laughs> literally you all listening, we wouldn't be there. So um, that's exciting for us. We continue to be uh, top one or top three podcasts in the whole U.S. in the government section on Podbean, which is one of the, one of the kind of podcast metric websites out there. And um, we just, every week we kind of pinch ourselves and we can't believe this many people listen to our podcast. So we're pretty excited. <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, we started out on a lock. We thought we'd, we'd try it out. And now I think I, last I checked, we're almost reaching 100,000 downloads. And that doesn't even count the number of people who are watching us on Facebook, which we're now using the Facebook platform and, and it's working really well. Well, we were going to have a guest today, but boy, what a rock and roll weekend we had. Uh, we had we had a lot going on this weekend. First of all, before we get to the Sarah Palin stuff, I just want to remind everybody if they are out there and waiting to get their ballot in, don't wait another minute. 
uh, get your ballot in. Now, there's a lot of issues going on with the Anchorage election. Uh, this is the election for some seats on the assembly and uh, two school board seats, as well as a series of bond packages, of which I recommend voting no against all of them, just to send the message. I don't think they should ever get away with these bond packages with a, you know, a great majority. Unfortunately, many of our Anchorage voters do vote yes for them because they all seem to pass. Very seldom do they, do they fail in Anchorage. And, and it just keeps pushing up that tax cap up and up and up. And boy, am I hearing it from home, homeowners in Anchorage how difficult it is getting to um, be able to afford their home because their taxes are going up so much. But that election ends tomorrow. And so you either have, to, it's a mail-in election in Anchorage. And let me tell you what, you've, you've got to get that ballot postmarked. It's not enough to drop it in the mailbox because if for some reason the post office doesn't scan it or put a posted uh, a cancellation on it, it won't count because the division of elections won't know when it was mailed. And that happened when the division, when, when the Anchorage off, election office, which is their division of elections, was contracted by the city of Juneau last fall to handle their uh, their elections. They got a, like 8,000 ballots that were not counted because my goodness, they were, people mailed them, but the post office didn't put a cancellation on them. So when they got to Anchorage to be counted, they weren't counted. Nobody knew when those ballots were mailed. So if you're gonna get your ballot in the mail at this point, make sure you stand there and get a cancellation on it from the post office person themselves across the desk or drop it in a secure drop box. And um, those drop boxes are located around the city. At City Hall, you can find one. Um, the Lusack Library has a very convenient one outside near the book drop. And I really encourage everybody to get their ballot in. 14% is all we had on Friday. And that is just unbelievably low. That is a terrible, terrible number. And what happens when 14% of the people vote and that means this, the municipal workers are voting, the state workers are voting, the federal workers are voting, everybody who is on, uh, who gets their paycheck from your tax dollars is voting. And so if you don't vote to balance that out, then um, you're going to basically allow them to continue doing what they do, which is keep themselves in a job there, hopefully. Yeah, that's, I, that's, it's that's unfortunate. And uh you know, usually it takes something to piss conservatives off to get them out to vote. And I don't know if there's something big enough this election cycle that pissed enough people off to get them out to vote. Well, so, so let's talk about for a minute what I think might happen, because it's just it's fun to guess. I mean, I don't have any uh, data that tells me that this is the truth, but I, I kind of think that Randy Solt in South Anchorage District, uh, District 6 seat running against John Weddleton. I kind of think he has some pretty good chances there. I actually like his odds. And I also feel real good about Stephanie Taylor, who is running against Forrest Dunbar. She is the most exciting candidate of a generation for us in Anchorage. She's an African-American woman running against a hardline Democrat lawyer who hates America, hates the Constitution, and believes the Constitution is racist. And she's standing up and saying, you know what, I don't think that we need him representing us. And Stephanie Taylor is a great candidate if you're there in East Anchorage. Uh, Liz Taylor is running in uh, over in West Anchorage against uh, Cameron Perez-Verdia. Cameron Perez-Verdia, that's just a weird one. I just, I just mentioned he is Shirley Holloway's son. Shirley Holloway was the commissioner of education under Tony Knowles. And I do not know why, but he took his wife's name. He's no longer Cameron Holloway. He's, he's got his wife's hyphenated name, Cameron Perez-Verdia. 
and he's another real hard leftist on the assembly. And Liz Vasquez would make a tremendous assembly woman. She's a very skilled lawyer. She's from Puerto Rico, has a lot of um, hardship in her background that she overcame, but is a really solid conservative and would really like to see her there as well. Kathy Hensley is running against Meg Zalatel, sort of the, uh, the wicked witch of um, Midtown, who uh, really is, is kind of double dipping. She's not only a, an assembly woman, but John, she also now is running the homeless industrial complex for Anchorage. So she's, um, she's got herself all, all kinds of conflicted there. And Kathy Hensley is a marvelous candidate. And if she doesn't win this seat, and I, and I think she's got an uphill battle because it's a, it's a real liberal district. That's just the way it is. Uh, you know, I really hope that we can find a, a, something else for her to run for because I think she's one of our best candidates. She's so smart. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it's just astounding to me that somebody like Meg can get a job like that and they could care less, the other team, if there's a conflict. You know, it, God forbid Mayor Bronson try to get people on to his staff or on his boards that have family members that potentially have conflict and it makes like the front page news. And, Absolutely. you know, and she derives her paycheck from things that the city of Anchorage is spending millions of dollars on. And it's just, you know, just the average Tuesday over there. No big deal. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And then over in, in the school board, uh, the, the conservative candidates for the school board, and those are, are voted on district wide here in Anchorage. We don't separate those out by district. Rachel Rees, and she is a helicopter pilot from the U.S. military and super conservative patriot. And Mark Anthony Cox, who is also running, and he's running against Margo Bellamy, the uh, school board chair. So those are those are my picks, and I just wanted everybody to know what my picks are. I haven't had time to write a an endorsement column, but I'm going to try to get to it today. But we're running out of time, folks. So get your ballot in now. To the heart of the matter, this was a crazy weekend. It started out with on April Fool's Day with 51 people signing up for the to, to fill the temporary seat for U.S. Congressman. Don Young, who died on March 18th. And 51 people signed up, not just on, on, I mean, they signed up over the course of a few days, but there were a whole bunch of them that came in on April Fool's Day and it was nuts just watching them all sign up and then the, watching the division of elections update its site with those names. And among those names were uh, Sarah Palin, of course, as everybody knows by now, and Santa Claus, Santa Claus being a, a City councilman from North Pole used to have a different name, but he changed his name, kind of like Cameron Perez Verdia changed his name, kind of like Chris Tuck changed his name. Um, Santa Claus lives in North Pole. He's a really nice guy. I talked to him on the phone. He's a really sweet guy. He's a complete Bernie Sanders socialist. I mean, in my view, I mean the guy, and in and, and probably his own view too. You know, even when I talked to him, he was he's a very very nice man. But he truly, you know, he's a true believer in socialism. But you know, the name like Santa Claus, that's just fun. I mean, the national media is just going to have a field day. Is so, he the guy that actually sits in that Santa Claus uh, uh, store? Is he like that Santa Claus or is he just like looks? I know he looks like Santa Claus, but is he like I, the actual Santa Claus in the North Pole store? I don't think he's in that in that uh, Christmas store up there at the North Pole. But uh, he, but he's a super nice guy and he, he filed. And of course, that gives us 
a whole lot of contenders. And I wanted to talk a little bit about who I think will be the final four. Now, remember, in uh, on June 11th, everybody's going to get a, a ballot around, oh, I don't know, the third week of May. It's going to be a mail-in election because this is quite sudden. It's a special election. The seat will only go until January when the permanent person is, is, is sworn in. And um, when you get your ballot, there are going to be maybe 51 names on it. People have till noon today to uh, drop off this race. And one, one's already dropped off, so we're down to 50 names. And a write-in section as well. So you're going to get a huge ballot, and it is going to have a lot of names that you don't recognize on it. And people who are not actually serious, but signed up as a sort of a, I guess, April Fool's Day joke, because that was the final day. And um, among those names, uh, we've got Sarah Palin, who I think everybody recognizes is a force to contend with. She is a a money-making machine. She All she has to do is, is ask each one of her 4 million followers on Facebook to give her a dollar. She's already got a really good start for her congressional race. She plans to run a course here for the temporary seat as well as the permanent seat. So remember, we have the June 11th is the deadline for the temporary seat election for the primary. You'll, you'll pick one person and the top four vote getters go to a special election general election for August 16th. It's going to help be held concurrently with the regular primary. It's really nuts. Very yeah, confusing. I think, I think Sarah Palin's going to be a fundraising machine, just like you said. You know, she, if, if uh, folks remember back when the Tea Party was big, she was all over the Tea Party. And I'm sure she <clears throat> has a, a Rolodex full of uh, folks that owe her a favor or a speaking engagement or a fundraiser or two because she's went and spoke at their fundraisers or their get togethers. And uh, she, I think she is going to raise a ridiculous amount of money. Um, you know, she's got folks like Newt Gingrich making statements that she, she would be a great Congress woman. And we're just not going to see that kind of those huge political endorsements on, I don't think any other candidate, uh, that's in the race. And so, you know, as I talk to, I think a lot of people that are like the inside baseball political people don't like Sarah Palin for whatever reason, but I think the average Joe and Jane that, you know, vote ever that are voters that don't really pay attention to the politics besides just voting when the vote comes up, they like Sarah Palin because the one liners that she says resonates with uh, folks, the, you know, folks that live in Alaska. I and mean, oftentimes, whether we like it or not, those are the things that people remember politicians for. And she is the best at those kind of one-liner, uh, uh, flashy Twitter but, saying, flash like drill bit, drill bit things. Drill. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I, uh, I think she's going to, it'll be a, I think it's going to be an uh, interesting race uh, between probably her and, and baggage. I, I kind of think it's coming down to her and baggage, but right now we also have to take a look at uh, now, remember when she ran before she ran against the Alaska Republican party, she is not a friend of the Alaska Republican party. In fact, after her race was over for president, she, you know, I think, I think she took the money from her accounts for her, her various 
campaign accounts. She didn't donate any of that back to the party, even though the party really helped her get elected governor. She donated to a charity and that was political money that has had been intended to help get her elected. And when she was done, she didn't give it back to the people who brought her to the dance. She just said, well, I'll give it to a charity that I like, which is fine, except that it didn't in, sort of endear her to the party, which is always looking for you know, who can we support next? Um, she's not really friendly to, with the party. She has run against them as a as like the Republican Party is corrupt. And so I, I think it's going to be kind of a little bit awkward for her when when she tries to get party support. That's going to be really interesting. But let's take a look at Al Gross. So Al Gross ran in 2020 against uh, Dan Sullivan. He did pretty well. He got 146,000 votes. And so when um, when Don Young died, Al Gross was on the first plane back from Cambodia where he was doing some uh, volunteer work or something over there teaching surgery. And he came back and, and filed. And so here's the deal with him. He also has a huge Rolodex. That guy also raised a lot of money nationally because he's got inroads in the Democratic Party, even though he's undeclared. So he's got these, um, these people who donated to him before. He also has a Rolodex, you could call it that. I love Rolodexes. 146,000 people who voted for him once and they'll vote for him again. That, that propels him to the top four list. Now, to be clear, Alaska's population turns over at about a rate of 6% a year. So he, he probably doesn't have all those votes, but it looks to me like he's gonna have the backing of the Democratic party and that Chris Constant is just not gonna have any backing at all, that everybody's gonna put all their chips on black on this one and go with Al Gross, even though he's not, he's not a registered Democrat, but this is how it works in the Democratic party. They can't get a Democrat elected. So Al Gross is uh, got, I would say 140,000 solid votes in this primary. And that is not to be taken lightly because the people who make it to the final four, they, they might get there with 17% of the vote, with 12% of the vote. And, and, and also to be clear, most primaries are dominated by super voters, super voters who take this as a, a sacred mission to vote. I mean, it's their duty, their patriots, they vote. These are the people who vote all the time. They're the ones who vote in the primaries. This time, everybody and their dog is getting a ballot. All, so it's going to be amateur hour. We're going to have people voting in the primary who've never voted in primaries before, and they're going to get a, a ballot, and who knows what's going to happen. Because they're going to be like, oh, look, there's a doctor. I want to vote for a doctor. <laughs> they, yeah, they could vote for him, or they could vote for Santa Claus. So I can see that we're going to have somebody down at the you know, the Fairview Inn in, 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 drinking at the bar in Talkeetna, and they're going to look at a ballot that has 50 people on it. They're going to say, oh, what the heck with it. I don't like any of these people. I'm voting for Santa Claus. So that's the Santa Claus vote right there is, is the, um, the person who doesn't typically vote in a primary and really is not paying attention to politics very much, uh, but just is kind of the to heck with all of you in politics vote. And we've got a lot of those in Alaska, a lot of people who just say, uh, you know, all those politicians are corrupt. I'm going with Santa Claus. And besides Santa Claus, he's only, he's only going to go for the temporary seat. He said he wouldn't go for the permanent seat. So some people will say, I'm going with him because that's, that's kind of a pure thing. He, he only wants to hold the seat temporarily. And yeah, I, I, actually, I actually think he has a shot at being on the final four. That'd be hilarious. And my favorite part about Dr. Al Gross is after he lost the election, uh, this last election cycle, he went back to his hometown 
and ran for the uh, hospital service board seat and lost, <laughs> which I just hometown. think is, I just think it's hilarious. You know, he was able to get 140,000 votes from the elite Democrats in Alaska, True. but the people that knew him best in his hometown said, thanks, but no thanks. And I think that that's, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know if that's telling of uh, how his next uh, election is going to go, but I just think it's hilarious that, you know, he ran this multi-million dollar campaign, um, you know, loses uh, and goes back and, and loses in his, in his hometown. So uh, I always, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, that that's was my Pe- biggest thing I remember him by. Yeah, that was in Petersburg. And uh, I will say that those people in Petersburg know him best. There are a lot of stories out of Petersburg about Al Gross, and a lot of them never came out in that uh, in the last election because, well, I guess because the Dan Sullivan campaign was just really, really decent about it, and they just decided that they were just going to leave that all alone. But yeah, you never know when that stuff will come out. So then you come down to uh, what I think is our fourth candidate for that. I actually think that it's between uh, Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage. Nick Baggage has been running since... October, I don't know, the the third week of October. And he has a pretty good tribe. In fact, today I noticed that Rhonda Boyles put her endorsement behind him. Rhonda Boyles is, is, um, she's the treasurer of the Alaska Republican Party. She is uh, is the former co-chair of the Don Young campaign with Nick Begich, last last go around in 2020. She was the co-chair with Nick Begich for Don Young's campaign. And now she is endorsing Nick Begich, as well as a lot of other people. Perry Green endorsed over the weekend. And the list of very influential political people around the state and um, and people who are influential communities, just a huge list. He's got well over 150 major endorsements at this point. Now he's not gonna be able to raise the money that Sarah can raise. Sarah can raise $4 million overnight. Nick's got like a million dollars right now in in his, bank account for this race. Uh, I mean, it's going to be really tough, but I hear that Al Gross has 500,000. I think he will be able to raise a lot more. Anyway, those I, I believe those are the final four that will go to the, the ballot in August, but will you know, remains to be seen. There's a lot more on that list. There's the Andrew Halkrose, there's John Coghill, there's Tara Sweeney, who's actually put together a pretty good organization but nobody has the huge star power as Sarah Palin. She's got Corey Lewandowski working on her campaign with her. This is, he's from the Trump, Trump world. She's got like 18 people working on her campaign already. And, <laughs> I love it, 18 people. <laughs> and, Nick, and Nick has one, Nick, Nick Begich has one person. So it's like, wow, okay, that's impressive, right? Yeah, it's, and you know, I think there's gonna be almost way you know if you kind of looked at it from the inside different strategies sarah palin could probably care less about the republican party of alaska helping her endorsing her she probably gives them the two uh you know middle, middle fingers f- middle finger yeah and says thanks but no thanks because she can show up to a meeting and get 10 times the amount of people that they would show they would you know create a meeting and spend six months planning she would drop her name on facebook says i'm going to be here and 200 people will show up and so um, where Nick Begich is going to be very, very more strategic and he's going to go after endorsements of real Alaskans that matter. You know, Sarah Palin's going to get a bunch of very high up 
you know, yeah. Trumps and Ging Newt Gingrich's and those kinds of folks. Yeah, Nikki and Haley I, this weekend. And Nikki Haley. And I think you're going to see Nick Begich just pounding the pavement with um, talking to real folks on the ground in Alaska. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think Sarah has the shot of possibly getting maybe folks that are conservative that don't really vote that much because they only show up when like a Donald Trump's on the ballot or, yep. you know, something huge is on the ballot. And then they go back and they live in the woods. Sarah Palin has got the charisma to bring those people out of the woods. And uh, interestingly enough, if she makes it to the final four in August, which I think she will, she will have a very strong influence on uh, sort of how things go down ballot. If she pulls out a lot of Republicans because of her, her name, um, they will vote Republican down ballot typically. If she, uh, the same may be true for, for the Democrats, maybe they'll see Sarah Palin and it'll motivate them to go and, and vote. So that's going to be a factor that we we're going to be talking about for weeks and weeks to come. And it'll be interesting. I, I don't know about Sarah Palin. She's, um, she's an enigma wrapped in a mystery, John. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, being in, uh, none of us will know what it's like to be the vice presidential uh, candidate and the stress that comes with that and the, you know, media literally wanting to destroy you. And, you know, she probably could have done a hundred different things better, but at the end of the day, uh, you can only do what you can do when you're in the pressure of the moment. And so I don't hold, I personally don't hold any of those, you know, what the quote unquote bad decisions were when she was during that, because I faced something very smaller and similar in my own world. And I know that uh, politics is nasty. It's a nasty doggy dog world. And, uh, you know, you just got to make the best choice for your family sometimes. And I think that's what she tried to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and so we, we were running a poll on Facebook, you know, whether or not you think Nick Baggage will win or, or I, I think, is it, are you going to vote Nick Baggage or Sarah Palin? And we got some comments out of there. People didn't like our poll because they had a frowny, you had a frowny face <laughs> by Sarah Palin. So they said that was biased. So I think we should do another poll. And we should try to figure out if there's another emoji people can use. I think what one of the problems we have with those polls, we used to be able to do polls on Facebook and then they dismantled that feature so now we kind of have to do thumbs up and frowny face or thumbs up. And maybe you could do a little care heart person and, you know, that little care, not a, I don't want to use a heart, but something else besides the frowny face, because people were thinking that we were trying to bias it. And the, the reality is, is that we have very few emojis that we can sort of choose yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got four emojis people. And if you go back and look at all of our polls, they're all the same two emojis. It doesn't, the emojis mean nothing in terms yeah. of who we think is, you know, we're trying to weigh, you know, somebody to go vote for. It's just, we have two emojis that we use for every poll since we've I been know. doing this it's the last two years. <laughs> right. And so at this point, Nick Baggage is ahead, but there is, was a surprising amount of support for, for Sarah Palin in that poll. Although I think Nick is at least 30 to 50% ahead of her on that poll, which is interesting. Because obviously our, uh, our viewers on Facebook, and we have 27,000 followers on Facebook, a lot of them are uh, conservative. And so that they're going for Nick Baggage is, is a really interesting sign. Might be interesting to do another poll and just test um, 
test a couple of these other ones, like maybe test Al Gross against uh, Sarah Palin as well. And be very interesting to, to see if, you know, who can, you know, who amongst all of these 50 people has the ability to even give her a run for her money. But speaking of run for your money, there is going to be more money pumped in to this oh, election gosh, cycle in Alaska ridiculous. than there has ever been. Remember, we have three people, who, three, three candidates who've been endorsed by Donald Trump. We've got Governor Mike Dunleavy, Kelly Chewbacca, who's running against Senator Murkowski. And now we have Sarah Palin in the congressional race. So we have three of our all, all of our, our seats, our statewide seats have been endorsed by Donald Trump. This is huge, as he was saying. Huge. Say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know we got to go. We were kind of running out of time here for our half hour show. Is there anything else we missed? Uh, lots we missed, of course. Well, we just want to thank uh, Charlie Pierce for governor one more time for sponsoring this show. Because of his sponsorship, we're able to get conservative news in all the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And we are very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, and uh, also thankful for all of the other sponsors that have ads with us on Must Read Alaska's website. If, if you're a business or a candidate out there and you want to run an ad with us, feel free to shoot us an email at john, J-O-H-N, at mustreadalaska.com. Right. And if you'd like to support the conservative side of the news and you don't want an ad, but you just want to support us, we really appreciate it. The donate button is on the right hand side of the page and it helps us keep the lights on. There's lots of things that we have to pay for to make this all come to you um, in the podcast and the newsletter and in, on the website. And we do it every single day, seven days a week. And we just really want to thank you for all your support. So until uh, until Wednesday, when John has a show, well, we're, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska. <laughs>